Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leon Dolan here in Los Angeles at the Wondery Sunset Studios. Happy to be with you today. I'm the youngest sister, and maybe next week I'll be the only one here. Is that true? <laughs> I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here with Leon in the Wondery Studios, but Julie and I are making our getaways, so leaving little sister all by yourself. And who knows if we come back or not, Jewel, right? Who knows? That uh, Liz, that is a deep concern of mine. Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I'm actually operating out of my closet. That's because the sound is better in there. And today I am wearing a hippie headband because the Rams beat the Saints. And I am wearing it over my eyes because that must be what happened to the NFL ref who <laughs> failed to call that blatant pass interference in the last minutes of the game. So... Uh, okay. The NFL, you know, Leon, you said you didn't like the NFL. Well, you, I feel that way now because now you you're joining the players to play by the rules, and then you don't enforce the rules. So I understand there's a petition going around. Five hundred thousand people have already signed it to have a do-over game, and I'm a, I'm for that. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's not I, happening. This is a much longer discussion, but nowhere in the annals of my sports fandom have I ever thought any game comes down to one call. I just don't really subscribe to that story. It was that, it was a, it, it was a, it the was, outcome of the game. Liam. Well, okay. they were winning the game. Okay, when you the two. call happened. Okay, I mean it was so. Okay, that's yeah, enough. I, I just got the hippie headband. I know on, you brought it up. I'm just I saying to you, but I am not conceding to the NFL. Yeah, I mean. Eh. Calls happen. They're professional athletes. They know that. So, okay. Well, what's else happening today? Oh, well, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm taking headband off right now. I'm not wearing it anymore. Believe me. Just I was... take it to your sports talk show, you two. Yeah, just um, do it. A... All right. I mean, you know, I know when you're, it's your team, it's a bummer. Yes. But it is, you know, it is what happens in sports. And, and it was so close. Yeah. Okay. What was Liz, so close? They were winning the game. They had, <laughs> all they had to do was shut them down for two minutes. They couldn't do it. Okay, so, moving on. All righty. All righty. Here we go. Uh, so you guys are going to Argentina. We're going to talk more about that. Yes. Julie will be out of the country for the Super Bowl, so that'll be excellent. No, no I'm coming. If there's a do-over game, I'm Liz, I'm coming off that mountain or wherever we are, wherever with okay. that glacier. Yeah. There won't okay. be a do-over game, but you signed your petition, so that makes you feel better. That's fine. Uh, all right. Also... Julie, sounds like you actually need this. We're going to have a blockbuster stress buster block. So <laughs> Say that again, a blockbuster stress buster block? We're talking block? about stress busting techniques. It's a blockbuster block of stress buster techniques. So that's what there we There are got. some surprising techniques on this list. Yes. So I'm looking forward to hearing these. Yeah, it's not the usual. <laughs> no. Believe me, it's not like have tea before dinner and set a bedtime. <laughs> no, we're going beyond that. We're going beyond that. We're going beyond that. Uh, okay, we have to talk about the Oscar nominations that yeah. came out today. Yeah, we announced this morning. We don't have to, but we're going to. And then, Julie, have a royalty report. 
Yeah, we, I mean, time's up, Prince Philip. Okay, that's what I say. <laughs> Speaking of blind, uh, all right, and um, we have a lot of coming attractions on the. On we do coming. We up have on many the... guests coming yeah. in over the next couple of months, so we're going to tell you all about that. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. So that's but can we that's start, it. sisters? You know, this weekend. I know we're taking the big trip to Patagonia, but I had to take a quick trip down to South Dex- uh, Texas. Uh, via Southwest Airlines, which I love. And I just have to give a satellite sister salute to the TSA agents working at Love Field in Dallas and in San Antonio who are working without pay. Uh, I know, it's terrible. You know, everybody in line was thinking about them. I mean, you know, and I think everyone was being extra polite and extra comfortable, you know, and cooperative. You know, the woman in front of me, I was in the TSA pre-check line. She just kept asking the agent if she could remove something else, you know, just (laughs) as some kind of, you know, show of support. Like she she said, do you want me to take my scarf off or my boots or how about my bracelets? You know, is there any way I can help out? And it is just infuriating. Well, first of all, they are doing such a professional job Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just infuriating that that they are, you know, that they are suffering uh, well, we got all those right. politicians in in Washington who are receiving their salaries, yes. uh, you know, uh, just not doing anything, not resolving this. Yeah, there was a story on the radio this morning about like TSA people around Atlanta. They have food banks set up for people that are working our security checkpoints. It's just insane. It's a food bank at yeah. the FBI. Yeah. It's I mean, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's absolutely it's well, it's nuts. It's and selfishly, nuts. we're interested specifically in the TSA because we're taking right. a series of flights over the next couple of weeks. But for all of these federal workers, I heard a park ranger on the radio yesterday. I mean, yeah, it's bad. Right. It's right. bad. Yeah. I was so on be extra week. nice in line. <laughs> be extra nice in it's line. the very right. least you can do. Right. Right. OK, so, yeah. So we are. Going on the big trip. Sure. And at the end of this week, Julie and I will be leaving. Leon and Sergio at the controls. All good while we're gone. You have quite a few blockbuster shows set up while, while we're gone. So I've been working on my my prep where Julie and I are uh-huh. flying, you know, with Julie's husband and a friend of mine to Buenos Aires and then to El Calefate in Patagonia. <laughs> You've been pre- practicing wow. that, Liz. Good work. I have my... Latin American version of the Spanish phrase book that my friend Chris gave me. So, yeah, working on a few things I'm going to try out while I'm there. So here are a couple of things I've come up against. You know, because we're going to be out hiking straight for eight days, um, I keep rereading the packing list and hearing more things about what I need, taking things out, putting things in. Everyone now keeps telling me about the famous wind of Patagonia. Well, yeah. it's not so famous I ever knew about it. <laughs> so you have to have a lot of layers I knew, but like windproof, wet, like waterproof layers, I had no idea. So I keep pulling out things that I think won't be windproof enough and putting things in that might be. I, ha- I don't know how you feel about this, Julie, but I'm kind of embarrassed at the idea 
of wearing Patagonia in Patagonia. You know, <laughs> yes. doesn't that seem weird? I did, con- I did consider that. Like that probably is the stupidest thing to do. It is probably. I got a, I got a bunch of that, Liz. Yeah. I got some Patagonia gear. Yeah. So. I mean, most of my stuff is Nike for obvious reasons. I worked there for a million years and remain very loyal. So like I would say I'm 75% Nike, but I'm filling in with all Patagonia items. And it just seems kind of dorky. Okay, you guys me. need to get on this trip because you're overthinking <laughs> some things. Yes. You need okay. to you need to get on it because yeah. Yeah. And then but then there's the um there's the booth, the whole issue of the booth. I didn't even know what this was. We were told that we need some kind of neck gaiter and because of the famous wind of Patagonia. And then my friend Chris said, Well, what you need is a booth. Because of course she's been hiking in Patagonia. Did you for- spell that word, Liz? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's B-U-F-F, but it's pronounced boof because it's French or something. But, Leanne, you knew what a boof was. Yes, I did. Because I, I received one. It is it is like a neck gaiter, but it's with a quick-dry fabric. And they're, uh, and you can wear them as a headband. You can wear it as a, you know. A, That's a, not going to happen. Ult- <laughs> <laughs> but I already have the you four know, hats. You might want to cut loose, Julie, and, and give it a try. Yeah, it's multifunctional headwear. Yeah. Knit yeah. hats and neck warmers designed and built with soft fabrics. Yeah. For whatever your lifestyle is. It's B-U-F-F. Yeah, it's yeah. B-U-F-F-U-S-A.com. Okay. Well, yeah. and they're Julie, Leanne gave me her booth for you because, of course, right. my friend Chris made me buy a booth. So we got that going. Um, so I, I, re- I have everything out that I need, and I officially have twice as much as will fit in any of my luggage. So I will be calling in Marie Kondo for the final packing. Uh, more on Marie Kondo later. Uh, but I'm, I just keep staring at it, wanting to just pack up and go. So I'm glad that finally the time is, is winding down. Uh, how about you, Joel? Well, I would have to say I'm in the panic stage of trip preparation. I, I've really started all this week. I've been like, why am I going to Patagonia? Really? Like, who's I? Yes, really. Like, whose idea was it to go to Patagonia? Why am I going? I believe it was your idea. This? I'm paying, <laughs> you know, like it's so far away. What, what if something happens? You know, it will, I'll be so far away when it happens and it won't be good. <laughs> I, in fact, have reached out to several siblings, not you two, just sort of as a last call, <laughs> just in case, in case I don't return. I've even cleaned out my closets thinking like, Leanne, if you have to pack up, you know, the goods. Yeah. uh, The last remains. Yeah. (laughs) The last remains. I I just didn't want you to have a big chore when you got to my closet. Wow. You really are overthinking this even more than me. I'm really in a panic about it. So uh, it's like, so packing, putting the stuff in the suitcase, not my problem. It's mentally, it's like, why am I doing this trip? I I go through this a lot with trips, you Uh know, like. Really, you know, I have this adventuresome streak, but then I have, you know, then right before the trip or right at the beginning of the trip, or I, I have a big sort of panic attack. You're just overwhelmed with regret. <laughs> yes. 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 Regret. Yes. And guilt. <laughs> guilt. guilt on there, Why so. would you feel guilty for for leaving I, your assignment? Why, why should I go to Patagonia, Liz? <laughs> why me? Okay. Okay. Wow. What did for- I do to deserve to go to Patagonia? You see how this goes? Yeah. Yeah. Not really, <laughs> I have to say, but okay. Wow. For okay. someone who's been to North Korea and Uzbekistan. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. So anyway, uh, I have some clean closets, Leon. Um, great. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> Easier to find the clothes I want and to take those and then. <laughs> say goodbye to your booth because you're not, 
It's not coming back. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to take a few of your rugs, so we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, we're not actually climbing mountains, Julie. It's a, it's hiking, which means I know, Liz. Like, um... I know things happen. You know, <laughs> things happen, Liz. That's I'm just I'm just preparing. So, oh. Okay. All right. By the wow. time we meet up, Liz. By the time we meet up uh, on our trip, I'll be in good shape. This is just a uh, just a little. This is the panic stage of uh, trip preparation. That's all. <laughs> okay. I don't have this stage. So, uh, uh, but I'll be seeing you in the lounge at DFW yes. one night soon because yes. I'm going L.A., Dallas. <laughs> then we're meeting up in Dallas and flying to Buenos Aires together. Okay. All right. Well, sounds great. Is that, is that all the... It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a downer, right? The only, okay. The only other thing I'll throw in when I look at like what I'm actually packing, it gave me a lot of Satellite Sisters pleasure to see how many of our sponsors I am taking on vacation. So this is just but my personal choice. In case you don't believe that we love some of these brands, uh, Rothy's, yes. Mm-hmm. Kapari, Check. yes. Mm-hmm. Away, yes. Modcloth, my cute little folklorico dress from oh, Modcloth. Yeah. I think that is going to look good on the Estancia. Yes, yeah. that's good. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes. And underneath that, MeUndies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Tula moisturizer. Yes. I love it. Mine's packed. RX bars, because they said to bring some snacks, you know, just as, in case you get lost on the mountain, I guess, yes. And then <laughs> right. uh, when you fall into the ravine, Liz. Yeah. yeah. And then a bunch of New Yorker magazines I haven't gotten around to reading yet. So all of these people support Satellite Sisters, and I am supporting them on my vacation. Fantastic. Just, and these are things, most of them I paid my own money right. for. So just FYI. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, while you guys are going to be gone, um, I will also be in training. In fact, in my business, we call it rehearsals oh. because well, in, <laughs> in your business, in your business. Yes, my dance troupe is all fired up. We have our oh, spring, oh, good. spring showcase is in early March. Oh. And so, Liz, we're getting down to it now. Five, okay. six, seven, eight. I mean, we are dancing. <laughs> we are dancing our group number twice a week. Uh-huh. And then I'm dancing my individual number. I'm rehearsing. Oh, you're going for another individual another number. Another individual number. I just so oh, enjoyed Liz. it. I find it very challenging. So our group number is uh, Hey Big Spender. Oh. Uh, it's a Bob Fosse well, mashup. I, that's the Bafo one right yeah, there. Yeah, sure. I can see a lot of broad gestures, yes. right? Yeah, we're hey playing, yes, uh-huh. playing yeah. a cynical prostitutes. That is, that's the character we're we're getting into from wow. Sweet Charity. So what's your costume? Have you worked so on it? It's pretty much going to be the same costume from last year <laughs> uh, from the Chicago number. It's oh, yeah. just black. We There's a surprise in the middle. It's a mashup, Liz. Oh. So it's oh. not straight Broadway. In the middle, we're doing some mashup stuff. So you okay. see, I don't want to give it away because it's right. exciting. There's a costume change midway through. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. happening. Okay, I'll be there. So do I, do I need to buy my ticket now? I, I can get you a ticket. Okay. Uh, but, and then uh, and then for our individual number, again, our theme is Hollywood this uh, year. So last year was Broadway. Well, that's oh, it was Broadway. It was Broadway. <laughs> now it's Hollywood, which is almost the same. Yeah, it is. So you could go with just the Hollywood musical, but I wanted to expand it to one of my favorite movies, uh, one that really, uh, I think, set me on my life path. Uh, <laughs> which is what? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. To I'm curious what your life path is. 
No, sorry, I cut you off. So the movie, okay. the movie it's, is. You're right. It's uh, desperately seeking Susan. Oh, that was a that? great movie. Came out in the. Yeah, she had a headband on in that in that um, uh, movie, right? Life Path. Yes, the Madonna. Yes, it was early Madonna, yeah. directed by Susan Seidelman, uh, starring a very young Aidan Quinn. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And it was just a downtown fun creative gal. Patricia Arquette's in it. Yeah. Um, but I am dancing uh, to "Into the Groove" by Madonna from wow. the soundtrack. Wow. Oh. Well, and, that's good. And I'm doing a cha-cha. So, okay. I mean, if you want to do a tango, Liz and I are going to be in the land of the tango. No, I know. It's too late. It's hard to learn the tango. You don't start with the tango. So it's a very complicated dance, the tango. But even the cha-cha, you know, the cha-cha, you know... Just from one, two, from, cha, cha, cha. From Zumba, yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. not, it's, that's the count, but like, it's so different. I cannot explain to you how complicated and difficult this is. It's like your hips are going one way and your knees are going another way and your legs are turned out and your ankles are touching. And it's just, it's so fast and I'm whirling around and wow. for one hour a week, I don't know what's happening except cha-cha. Like, I'm not worried about anything else but cha-cha. So, when you say this is a solo number, will you have a dance partner? You're uh, no instructor dancing? My dance with teacher just... dances with us. So that's oh, okay. like when okay. it's your solo, you're actually, it's a partner dance because oh, uh, okay, you look not too good doing the cha-cha alone. It's not <laughs> that's, as a, a that's ve- what I was imagining since you were describing it. I was like, that's going to look really weird with her ankles no. touching and her no. knees out. No. Okay. Go, have you'll have your own Maxime. And it's yes. like dancing with the yes. stars. Yeah, you Piero. Have a, you have a star. Yes. Oh, yeah, Piero. So, our dance oh, yeah. so there you go. So that's it. Very busy working on that. Early March. Things are happening. So just just wanted to – you're not the only one challenging yourself. That's all yes. I'm saying. There are many ways to challenge yourself. Physical challenges. Yeah. So and uh, so that's, that's happening. Looking forward to it. So a little cha-cha in lingerie with a lot of netting pulled over your body kind of thing? Yeah. I'm going with early Madonna. Yeah. So she did have the headband. She had the big jacket in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the leather I mean, jacket. Uh-huh. She was more yeah. downtown in that movie than this was pre-Bustier. Uh-huh. Right. You know, she yes. was not she was not there <laughs> yes. yet. Which is good news for you. <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Yes. Exactly, Julie. This was the lace fingerless glove. I mean, for glove. all of us, yeah. it's good news. Yeah. Someday I'm going to dance in a Bustier. Someday. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Uh, stay tuned. We have a lot coming up. We're going to tell you actually what's coming up on Satellite Sisters, and we have our stress buster block. Okay. We were going to do a little, a few of the coming attractions here because we have a lot of stuff going on in the mm-hmm. next couple of months here on the show. So I want to mention some that are a little bit further out. Leanne's going to tell you what she's going to do while we're gone. But uh, I wanted to mention that on March 12th, um, Sarah Fain and Liz Craft, you know, who do the podcast Happier in Hollywood, we're like, they're part of the sisterhood. We love those two. They have a new TV show called The Fix premiering on ABC television the following week on March 19th. So the they're coming in. They're going to be on the show on March 12th just to talk about how exciting it is that they got a show picked up by ABC. All the production is done. Their co-executive producer is Marsha Clark. Remember, Leanne, when we had lunch with them, like, I don't know, more than a year ago, right. and they told us what the pitch was right. for the show before it had been even picked up. Yes. They told us what the idea was, and we were like, okay, oh, we are down one. with that. Yeah. So anyway, on March 12th, um, if you're not already subscribed, make sure you are, because Sarah Fain and Liz Craft will be on the show. And then after that, we have – so I'm reading along in the Washington Post the other day, and I see the headline that says, 
A journalist almost married a con man. It turns out she was not the only one. So this is a brand new book by Abby Ellen about how she almost married a con man. (laughs) 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 And it's just fascinating. It's a fascinating true story. So the title of the book is Duped. And uh, duped, double lives, false identities, and the con man I almost married. So she's so she's going to be our next big book club pick. Sometime in early April, she's going to be on the show. So you can start reading this book now. I mean, this guy, well, I don't know. I'll, there's a link in the show notes. You can see how great this true story is. So uh, so you're going to want to order that now. Duped, double lives, false identities, and the con man I almost married. Our next big book club pick. Okay, but next week, immediately joining me in the studio is our sister Sheila Dolan. Woo-hoo. Now, longtime listeners of Satellite Sisters, of course, know Sheila. Uh, but if you're new to the Satellite Sisterhood, you might not know Sheila. She's always a live wire. You never know what she's going to say. No, nope. She was a regular on the show for many years, but now she runs her own business and does that. But who knows? Well, I know what she's going to talk about. So I don't want it's good. She's oh. got some good topics to okay, talk good. about. Yeah, we've had a few pre-production meetings. Um, <laughs> That's so, a good thing. That's, that's a good, good thing, thing to do. Yeah, I'm used to, I like pre-producing, Sheila. It's good. Uh, And so we're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. We also have a guest coming on, so inspired by your trip to Patagonia. We're going to be talking to the founder of Wild Terrains. She's a young woman that puts together women-only trips in Mexico City to visit women-only businesses, from hotels to restaurants. Oh, that sounds so interesting, Yeah, yeah. So she has an interesting professional background, and then we're going to talk to her about planning your own women-only trip, and if you want to do it's sort of a combination of adventure travel and stuff. She is on it. So we're going to be talking to her. I like it because Sheila, you know, doesn't like to go anywhere. Right. So it'll be good. <laughs> she does not leave the cozy oh. couch. <laughs> and then and when uh, she does, she always carries her own bed, which is not <laughs> convenient. It's not. And, no. It's not. So I thought it would be a fun interview uh, with Sheila. All right. And then the following week, we're going to be talking to author Beth Howard. She's an author, blogger, and radio commentator. She is known, she's known for baking pies. Yes. Which, and like our accountant, Diane, longtime listener of the show, was like, you're having Beth Howard on? Howard on? Oh, my gosh. She's the pie lady. Are you going to talk to her about pies? Well, we're actually talking to her about her new book, Housefrau Honeymoon, about love, languages, and other misadventures in Germany. But sure, we'll ask her about pie because we know people love pie. So people she's, do love pie. She's going to be on uh, the next week after that. So okay. that is what's coming up. Leanne, holding down the fort. I'm doing That's... my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> okay. A couple of interesting stories came out in the news last week about yoga. Yeah. And before you roll your eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we like to do some wellness stuff here. We do. But it was actually like scientifically documented stuff. So I thought it was worth bringing up because okay. Okay. We've, heard, we've heard about your journey to meditation, Liz. Right. And my, know, I didn't even tell you about my sound bath last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So uh, great. That's what I have to say. Great. If, if in this day and age. Particularly this week, if you're looking for some way to bust some stress, yeah. sound baths, meditation, whatever it takes, walk your dog. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I've done yoga for a long time. Yes, I started taking yoga in college. So I've been doing yoga for 35 years, for the better part of 35 years, which is pretty shocking. Right. You're not Actually, some yogi come lately. I'm not. I'm no. not. I'm not. But it also means that I've had a lot of yoga teachers and I've had a lot uh-huh. of yoga teachers say things that I think are just medically unsound. You know, they offer... <laughs> They offer up a lot of opinions in class, and I'll be lying there thinking, well, that's not true. That's not how disease works. Or 
I don't think you can really cure that with this. Is that? Hmm. And I know they're well-meaning, but, um, you know, sometimes I give them a lot of leeway on what they want to say, but I am concerned. Like you don't back talk in the middle of class? That's going to be late. No. But last week in Scientific America, a big article came out about how proper breathing really does bring better health. Like they have scientific studies now that can prove that the kind of breathing you learn in yoga class actually improves particularly insomnia, which is interesting to Uh me. I know some people in the satellite system suffer from that. Uh Uh, Also stress reduction, emotion control, and improved attention. Really? All of that stuff. Leanne, can, be- can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah. How did they how did they know that? How can they pinpoint that it's the breathing that's doing this? I science, Julie. A science. <laughs> a growing number of studies. I don't have a okay. breakdown of how the studies okay. work, Joel. So okay, I, there's, that a, was okay. there's okay. a long okay. Scientific America article that pro, you know, I'm happy to that post. We can read. Okay, yeah, we, but have they link, we have a process. link in the show notes. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not drinking tea or something, but it's actually the breathing that's doing that. Okay. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, they're real actual studies. That that was the point of me doing this story is that this is not just sort of theory. <laughs> it's not real simple, 10 blessed ways to yeah. reduce your stress. It's we love those stories. We love so, those stories. Um, so the yoga breathing, is that belly breathing? What When you're talking so, about this kind of breathing, what is that? You know, there are a couple of different kinds of yoga breathing that you learn. Some of it is belly breathing, like starting in your low diaphragm, coming up, counting like five counts up and then five counts down. That's yeah. one kind of breathing that um, is yogic. Another one is a alternate nostril breathing where you... Oh shut one nostril and you breathe really fast in and out and then you alternate back and forth. And so what it does is it actually does, you know, ignite your parasympathetic system and all the stuff they've been saying in yoga is true. Like, okay. Well, see, you knew the answer there. That's good, Leah. (laughs) And uh, so, Julie, you know, if you're going through something stressful, like that's when you should use it. If you're lying in bed and you can't sleep, you can tap into that. It helps you focus. If you're trying to focus at work. You can also do this. So, you know, it's just interesting to me that now yeah. everything they've been saying is actually true. Mm-hmm. And it, the benefits are real. So so if Julie's, say, standing on a mountain in Argentina, yes. up on some Andean peak, yeah. and she's starting to freak out, yeah. some deep breathing. Right. So, well, this is the, the most basic way to start. And I would encourage you all to go to a yoga class, go to a gentle yoga class or a chair yoga class, even if that's, if it's not physically, you know, in reach for you, as they say, you can still learn the breathing at a chair yoga class. It's uh, you're supposed to do this three times a day. Uh huh. Just breathe six times a minute. So those are six long, slow breaths okay. to get even that. Even that is beneficial to your health. So I what, feel like okay. we're actually being very useful here, which is not something <laughs> that we normally build into the show flow. Good work. Yeah. Well, you know, I think particularly because I've been doing yoga a long time, there's a lot of focus now on really hard classes and hot classes and moving and getting your cardio up. And so and sometimes I go to those classes and I'm like, where is the breath? Because the yeah. breath work has always been a really integral part of it. And yoga is thousands of years old. Yeah. And I feel like when things have been around for thousands of years, it's usually because there's they work. You mm-hmm. know, think about like acupuncture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason why it's still being practiced because it actually works. So I just thought this was interesting. And then a second article in the New York Times the next day really caught my eye. And this was about the benefits of yoga and veterans experiencing PTSD. And I'm going to post a link to this because they break down, they 
interview with four different vets who use who studied yoga and now teach yoga to vets with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a pretty simple, free, accessible way to treat this stuff. It's yeah. not, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. right there. You can do it. It's free and it's helping. And um, there's a lot of interesting corollaries that these veterans make between the military life and yoga. Because, again, a lot of people think yoga is pretty undisciplined. You just sit around and chant. That's not at all what it is. It's actually uh-huh. a very disciplined uh, practice. And you have to show up on time. You have to do what the teacher tells you. You can't, re- you can't talk in class. You have to stay focused. You know, the things you're going to do are hard. They hurt. There is pain involved. But you have to work through the pain, very often breathe through the pain. And so the, the people that they talk to, the vets, have really found a common language uh, oh, interesting! In, because of the discipline. Because oh. of the discipline. Uh huh. And then, uh, and they said, and one of the reasons it helps vets break through the PTSD is that it, as a soldier in the military, you're very bound by your body. They say that, like this is your body is heavy. It's heavy with gear. It's heavy with weight. It's heavy uh-huh. with stress. Like that's what you have to, pr- you know, protect. And so the yoga allows you these vets to get out of their body and into their breath and their mind. And I said, sometimes oh. they realize like in medical or in, you know, in wartime, like they're literally not even breathing in situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you you can imagine that. You actually have to stay calm. So there's that. Like in yoga, you have to work through the pain, stay calm and breathe through it. And that helps. But the way they teach these classes, these vets, they said it's not the same teaching to a civilian group and teaching to vets. One instructor that they profiled said, for instance, usually in yoga, the teacher is at the front of the room. So you enter and you all face the teacher. But vets don't like to have their backs towards the door. That makes them very oh, huh. feel threatened. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, he turns the whole class around. And Such a simple thing. So really simple things. Like, you know, in yoga, there can be a lot of adjustments. The teacher goes around and moves you. And so he yeah. said, you know, a lot of vets with PTSD, they, 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 they don't no want to be approached like that. Mm-hmm. It scares them. They don't like to be caught off guard. So there's not a lot of touching. You need to respect their personal space. So I just oh, thought it was fascinating. fascinating. That yeah. is good. Well, it's good that yoga can, for so many different communities, can really be yeah. useful. Yes. And yeah. yeah. And I yeah. thought if you had someone in your life, you're going to want to take a look at this. It's a really nice photo essay in the New York okay. Times, but I thought it was really helpful. So, okay, a little bit of yoga talk here. Uh, now we're going to go to a super fun way. <laughs> This is, now we're going out on a wacky if limb. You know, if this is an L.A. wacky limb. If you don't want to breathe and work through the pain and work on your parasympathetic nervous system, yeah, that's what do we do? Yeah, how we does, do. Got how anything does, else we can do, Liam? Yeah, how yeah. does just smashing plates against a wall sound? Sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds what? much more up my alley. <laughs> all right. This is a, a group of, like, movable parties that are happening all over the country, but one happened last week here in Los Angeles. Women Breaking Plates is the name of this movable feast. Pretty pretty self-explanatory. And here's what you do. You come up. You're going to do some chanting. You're going to do some socializing. Sure, yeah. You're going to do some, you know, you're going to talk about what you want to smash through and you're going to write it on your plate, smash through self-doubt or, you know, smash through the limita- limitations of the patriarchy or whatever it is. You <laughs> Panic at your vacation plans. <laughs> you yeah, want the panic prep. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to do some drumming. You know, yeah. that's good. People like to drum and you're going to open up your body. Body, and then you're going to take that stack of plates, Liz, yeah. one woman at a time, and you're just going to throw it at a wall that says, what does the wall say? And then, it says, step up to the plates, and you just smash them against oh, the wall. I mean, wow. I, it seems like a perfect birthday gift, it wouldn't does. it? <laughs> 
yeah, you yes. can give to the certain person. Yeah. Might be a great gift. Yes. <laughs> That's a fabulous party idea. Yeah. For, like your core group of satellite sisters to all do that together. Yeah. That, that would be transformative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At this particular party, there were 66 women, and they broke over 400 plates. Wow. And then they used the the ceramics from the plates are recycled, so I don't want to hear Oh, people, thank goodness, because yes, yes. I was going to ask that right. follow-up yeah. question. So yeah. there you go. I just thought 66 that, women all together doing this? That would be hilarious. A little loud, yeah. but yeah, you need, but fantastic. I mean, many years ago when I was a student in Greece, we went to one of those hokey bars in Athens, and we smashed plates. Yeah. It's really fun. I mean, that was... <laughs> But this sounds cathartic, as it they It sounds, say. you know, we covered the axe-throwing trend yeah. here a couple uh-huh. months ago. This sounds like a gentler version of axe-throwing. but maybe <laughs> It they... doesn't sound that much gentler, Liz. <laughs> sounds pretty violent. Well, at least you're throwing something at a wall. Anyway, so sounds very cathartic. Yeah. I would enjoy that. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, that that article's in the L.A. Times. If, you, if you're interested, you want to set up your own birthday party. <laughs> Women breaking plates. Maybe for your next big birthday, Leanne. I know you have one coming up, but it's not a milestone birthday. But yeah, could be fun. Could be fun. Well, I have one more stress reduction uh, activity that you might want to consider. You know, well, first of all, there were therapy dogs, therapy animals. Yeah. Then we had the yoga goats, right? They they were out there. Well, now Michigan State University is allowing students to brush dairy cows to chill out and de-stress during midterms and final exams. And here's how it all started. Andrea Mead, she's the farm manager at Michigan State University Dairy Cattle Teaching and Research Center. And, you know, she saw those like little uh, little goats, uh, you know, in yoga and in pajamas. And she felt like her dairy cows could really provide some de-stressing for students and teachers. So she set up a program, 35 cows, 50 students. She had she did it over the winter break. So they, she had holiday music playing, which she thought would be good for both the uh, cows and the students. And she let the students just brush these beautiful dairy cows. And the cows enjoyed it. She knew that because of the way they were chewing their cud. And the 50 students that participated, both undergraduate and graduate students, felt like uh, they got something out of it, too. Oh, wow. That does sound that like sounds that would pretty be very nice, relaxing. right? A big cow, you know, if you have big cow eyes looking <laughs> yeah. at you. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just brush them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Uh, okay. The, you know. So you could have a cow party, Leanne. Do you want me to arrange that for your no, birthday? I like the smashing plates. I mean, I like cows. They're nice. <laughs> they kind of smell, though. That's a. They do not, Leanne. Ha- have you ever been past a. Dairy? I have been. Yeah, Le- yes, Leanne. Okay. I have. All right. Well, I'm just saying it's not. <laughs> it's organic, Leanne. Come on. You're giving okay. me a hard time today. To each his own. Do whatever you want to do. Let's not create a lot time. of stress about stress busting. <laughs> if you want to throw some plates, go for it. Yoga, yes, cows, whatever. <laughs> All good. And Julie, I can tell you this Scientific uh, America article has a complete breakdown of all the different studies. So okay, I'm sorry, it's a very long article. So I, I hadn't, so I can see now there are like five or six studies outlined if you're interested in how they do it. Okay. I, I, I just, just asked one follow-up, Lynn. No <laughs> I know. more. Okay. Well, I felt bad I didn't have the answer. So that's, I didn't. <laughs> I felt like you did give me the answer, right. sister. You did a good job. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can we move on to Prince Philip? Yeah. 97-year-old oh, Prince God. Philip yeah. was involved in a car crash where his car rolled over and the collision 
with the other, he, he collided into another car. He broke the wrist of one of the passengers in the car. There was a nine-month-old baby in the car. And at first, the royals put out some news bulletin like, oh, Prince Philip was involved in a small altercation and he's fine. They didn't even mention the other people. Okay. The commoners. And then, I know, I know. And then two days later, he is photographed in a brand new Range Rover, not wearing a seatbelt, driving around again. And to make matters even worse, the woman who has, who had broken her wrist and was sort of obviously shook up by the collision, nobody, none of the royals have even made any kind of outreach to her. They haven't spoken to her. They haven't apologized. I mean, is that terrible? First of all, I don't, it's not safe. Okay, he should not—he should not be driving on public roads. Okay, right. I don't think he should be driving at all. And certainly now, he really shouldn't be driving. So, I mean, I think the Queen really has to step up and take the keys away, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Isn't that a job for Scotland Yard? Doesn't <laughs> I, you know? Must be hard for the Queen to do. Well, that. I mean, honestly, doesn't Prince Charles do anything? I mean. <laughs> That's true. Prince, Make Charles, Prince, Charles, Charles, Prince just, Charles could do it. You're yes, right. This is what like the oldest right. son is supposed to do. That's what like, we did in our family. In our family, the closer <laughs> Dick came in and took the keys away. Like right. that's right. that's what you that's, do. Yeah. I mean, they literally do nothing all day. Those people. <laughs> yeah. Haven't we always known that Prince Phil, Philip oh. is a rotter, though? I mean, yeah. we saw the crown. It's, yes, I mean, I think we have evidence, me. you know, very, you know, scientific America quality <laughs> evidence that he's a rotter. Yeah, we got that. But <laughs> I mean, but he yeah. is out on, you know, he, he did harm someone. Yes. And a broken wrist is pretty serious. And it could, you know, it could have been much worse when you consider that a baby was in that car. So, I mean, it's, he just got, he has to stop driving. You know, yeah. they... They really got to button that down. The other, um, the other royal story that I want to mention that I, I really find despicable, and maybe you've seen this, that now that you'll, there's been multiple stories about the feud between Meghan Markle and, and Kate Middleton, you know, that they don't get along. Kate didn't invite Meghan to her birthday party. You know, they weren't even going to be together over the holidays. And I just find this narrative that... Two women that, you know, they're doing their best. You know, they're having royal children. They're <laughs> out there doing, you know, wearing all those clothes. They're, you know, doing all those social programs. You know, why is it that we have to create this catfight between these two women? I know it sells newspapers, but it's really tiresome to me. It's, it's really terrible. tiresome. I right? agree, Julie. I agree. Right. You know, they're I, each just trying to lead their lives and their lives are pretty complicated. So just back off. Who cares? Right. Right. Who yeah, cares? it's all 95% of it is made up. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason yeah. they should be best friends anyway. It's, and and the other thing I can't stand is I don't want to hear anything about Meghan Markle's father or her half-sister again either. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, Just stop. Exactly. Those two. Exactly. Those two. You know, yeah. I'm looking at this photo of the accident. I mean, I showed Liz. He tipped that Range Rover. This was not a fender bender. No, yeah. it rolled it's on yeah, its side it's a, off the road. And it's a Range Rover. That is not supposed to happen. It's hard to do. I mean, you have to really be out of control, yeah. I would think, to tip a Range yeah. Rover. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Anyone okay. So, are we clear it? about where we stand with yes. Prince Philip <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and Kate's with the royal bank. sisters-in-law? They're just right. yeah. They're sisters-in-law. Right. It's fine. It's a, yeah. They're Everybody, allowed to have separate lives. Yes. They have different lives as it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I agree, Julie. I don't. Okay. That's my full report. <laughs> and here's what we have to do. Stop clicking on those stories. I know. That's what you have That's to do. That's why they're there. You have to you Because have to we fall them. for it. Right. That's why they're there. That's why they're covered. Okay. So, oh, oh, I had one thing I wanted to mention. I had posted this in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. But, you know, I do that other podcast called Safe for Work. You guys have listened. Thank you for yes, all of and your... Everyone should listen, Liz, yeah. whether you have a job or not. It's yes. good. Yeah, it is kind of fun. My co-host, Rico Galliano, and I, he and I, we have a lot of fun together. Yeah. And he has a different attitude, a different professional background than me. And so I think it's really fun. But last week, that Safe for Work got called out by two different media recommendations, or two different media organizations. And when I say called out, I mean, like, on lists of recommended podcasts. The first was NBC News, which was kind of fun, that NBC, mm-hmm. NBC News put us on a list of top 10 career podcasts. So, yay, we were very happy about that. But then also Cosmopolitan Magazine put us on their list of just recommended podcasts, shows that you should listen to in 2019. So I don't know what we're doing that gets us noticed by both NBC News and Cosmo, but I think that shows you you're going to have a little, you're going to get some fun if you listen to this show and you're going to get some real information. So uh, subscribe to Safe for Work, follow it when I post it in um, on our Facebook group. This week's episode I thought would be particularly interesting to the Satellite Sisterhood because it's about sort of mid-career change and what to do work-wise later in life. And it's a really thoughtful discussion with a guy named Chip Connolly, who has a new book out called Wisdom at Work, The Making of a Modern Elder. And if you feel like you're just some old, washed-up person at work, you're not. You're a modern elder. You need to rethink the way you think about yourself and the way you present yourself at work. So anyway, a particularly good week for you to listen to Safe for Work. I'm just trying to find the article at the Cosmo site. Because first of all, Liz, I think it's great you can now put Cosmo Girl on your resume. <laughs> your many things. I will do that. But I don't on think... On my LinkedIn any, profile. Yeah, I don't... That is it on your LinkedIn profile. Exactly. <laughs> Adjusting that attitude, just like yes. what you talked about on the show this week. I thought this that interview was excellent yeah. this week. He about... was all about the energy that yeah. you approach these things with, right. which is which is true. Right. And he had some unconventional suggestions about like how you should be networking, which is you should be networking not with your friends, but with your friends' kids. Oh. Yeah, that <laughs> that's, was kind of crazy, wasn't that, it? But it's true. Yeah. Sounds slightly creepy, but uh, okay. No, but they, he's like, they've got the jobs. You know, the millennials are in these good organizations. Anyway, you have to listen to the whole thing to get it in context. But yeah, that's uh, Cosmo Girl. That's me. Isn't that the way you always think of me? <laughs> yeah, here you go. I found it. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm going to introduce humor, you humor Argentina. I'd much... like you to meet my sister, the Cosmo Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, Liz. Looks good. Yeah. Humor and much needed advice. Fantastic. Okay, well, the Oscar nominations came out today, and I feel like my work on the For Your Consideration campaign really paid off. I'm glad to see that A Star is Born was uh, nominated for Best Picture. Lady Gaga was nominated for Best Actress. Bradley Cooper for Best Actor, good. I yes. mean, I, I thought he was a better director than an actor, but okay. I'm glad that both of them, will, who are just incredibly attractive, will be arriving at the Oscars. Yes. <laughs> You need that. Well, that's in good fashion. Yes, absolutely. We need, we need it. So, well, I was very happy that um, the Academy showed love for the movie that I recommended here on Satellite Sisters, you know, two months ago called Can You Ever Forgive Me? That's the one with Melissa McCarthy and Richard mm-hmm. Grant. And I said, 
it's like it's a grown-up movie. It's not exactly the feel-good movie of the year. It's kind of a sad story, but Melissa McCarthy and Richard Grant are both fantastic in it, and they both got Oscar nominations. So yay for them. Then also, there were so many great documentaries this year. You know, we talked about RBG, the Ruth Bader yeah, Ginsburg that got, documentary. Got a nod. I was happy to see that. Happy yep. to see that. And I saw the two women that made that, like on Twitter, they had them live as they heard the news they were nominated. And it was just so adorable to see them like squealing and laughing and clapping at getting an Oscar nomination. That must be very exciting. But another one that made the list is Free Solo, which is the documentary about Alex Hanold and uh, when he free climbed in um, Yosemite, free climbed mm-hmm. uh, El Capitan. And that's from National Geographic. So, you know, that's very close to my heart. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the nominations overall. How about you, John? I was I'm, I was very excited that the movie I recommended, Roma, and where I provided the additional guidance to, you know, if you fall asleep the first time you watch it, to get yourself a cup of coffee to to make it through the whole movie was nominated for both best picture and also for best foreign picture. Mm. So it can win in both categories, which mm-hmm. I thought was unusual. Mm-hmm. And it's also best director. And the actor, two of the actresses are also up for Oscar nomination, uh, uh, the Oscar as well. Yeah. The best picture nominees are black Panther, black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite green book, Roma, a star is born and vice. So I have some movie watching. I have some movie watching to do. And you know what? The favorite is an entertaining movie. I don't think it's anywhere any best picture. But the three women who are in it, all of whom got nominated, it's worth seeing for that. And that Olivia Coleman, we were talking about it before we started the show, she's just an amazing actress. She was, if you saw Broadchurch, she was the detective in Broadchurch. She's the queen in this and a crazy queen. And as we know, she's the new QE2 in the next uh, season of The Crown. So good for her. I'm very happy for her. And then I'm going to go out on a limb. I would like to see Spike Lee win Best Director for Black Landsman, mainly just as a de facto Lifetime Achievement Award for Spike. (laughs) He's done okay. so many great movies over so many years. I'm just going with him. That's where I'm putting my money. I think that movie is surging. Yeah. I yeah. think that movie is surging. So there you go. Well, there you have it. That's a good list. I think it's an interesting, fun list. It's not the same old stodgy list. You know, they've let a bunch of new people into the Academy, and that yes. is reflected in the nominations. And that's a good thing. There, there are movies people actually went to see. On the list. Yes. (laughs) And I'm in good shape in the animation category because I have grandchildren. I've seen most of the movies in that category. (laughs) Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any in that category. No, I'm totally in that category. Yeah. If you need any guidance, I can provide it later. Okay. All right. And I'm happy enough to have Lady Gaga just take away best song. Yeah. So, you know. We know Glenn Close seems to be surging, but I, I, you know, I I like that the People's Choice Award tied them, gave them both the award for Best Actress. Great solution, People's Choice. Great solution. You know, I love Glenn Close. I did not love that movie. And so I'm totally fine if Lady Gaga (laughs) wins for Best Actress. We're we're sticking with you, Leanne. I mean, I'm supporting your campaign. Thank you. Uh, okay, I've, oh, just one thing I want to say from the TV report of Entertaining Sisters. Uh, I assume you've been checking out uh, the Marie Kondo TV show on Netflix, or at least heard the buzz. This is like the buzziest TV show in America right now, is the, you know, Marie Kondo. So um, because in the process of packing to go to Argentina, 
you really get close to just how much crap you have in your drawers yeah. when you're trying to find like okay <laughs> specific how, crap yes, yes yes how many pairs of ah. ti- how many pairs of tights do i need to bring with me on like an 8 day hiking trip and you go to that drawer and you do have like 20 pairs of things and there's i think that her whole thing i had never read the book so the tv show was the first i've really oh, been I read exposed the book. Yeah, to yeah. okay so you know the kanmari system i did not mm-hmm. but i think there is a certain genius to when she insists that you put everything in a big pile. Like, instead, you can't just go pull out the three pairs of pants you need or that you have to put, take your clothes from everywhere in your home. Don't do this room by room, Leanne, because she knows you're hiding other clothes in other rooms. You have to get... stashing things that you have bins underneath your bed. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put everything in a giant pile, which on a lot of these episodes is horrifying to look at how big the pile is. And then you have to, you know, ask ask yourself if it sparks joy. You have to touch it if it sparks joy. This is where it sort of broke down a little bit for me because I got to say, I, some of these clothes, I would touch them and I would say, this really would spark joy if I could fit into it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, I, I realize I have a lot of clothes across multiple sizes. Sure. It's a whole size range. Sure. Right. So it would be so joyful if I could actually get this on my body again. So should I throw it out or not? I I didn't. Anyway, so I was not effective at doing some of the things she wants. But I did really enjoy the TV show. I would say that it's it's very emotional. It's like the new Netflix Queer Eye. Have yeah. you watched any of those yeah, episodes? Oh, gosh, all of them. Yeah. You know yeah. how emotional they are? Yeah. That's what this is like. And in almost all of the episodes, uh, there was one I particularly liked about a family and the mom who was just so great. She was so proud of her family as a husband and two kids. She said, we call ourselves the Fantastic Four. And they had moved from the Midwest to L.A. and they were like in a cramped apartment. And you realize like so much of this is about what is your identity in the family? And she was so res- felt so responsible for the fact that nobody could ever find things. And so it's very moving to see a family kind of come to grips with, you know, we do love each other. We care about each other. We're crammed into this space. What can we do to support each other more? I really, really liked it. So I, I recommend the TV show, even if you're not going to go through your home and actually get rid of all the stuff you need to get rid of. Um, <laughs> but another thing Marie, Marie recommends is uh, like putting things in little boxes. So uh-huh. I realized I'm super glad that I've saved all those FabFitFun boxes yes. from the, the quarterly boxes yes. we're getting from FabFitFun. And I've started like using them as organizing features in my home. So there you go. Good. That's, my, okay. that's my report. Liz, good report. Okay. So it's I sort of a modified KonMari, I think, is what okay. I'm doing. Okay. All right. We have time for just one more quick poll. And this is something the Satellite Sister Nation. I really want to know where you stand on this. Rug or no rug in the kitchen? I saw this in the Wall Street Journal in their design thing about the pros and cons of having a rug in a kitchen. Now, the pro is obviously that it's warmer. It provides warmth. Uh-huh. You have a pop of color. Yeah. It takes the edge off of hard surfaces. If you get a pad, you know, for underneath the rug, it's not going to slip. And you just vacuum it to clean it. But on the con side, people think having a rug in the kitchen is a terrible idea because it absorbs the smells and the spills. You can't really clean it as much as you want, like if you put an oriental rug. Uh, You could slip on a rug in your kitchen, 
And it also covers up the flooring that you have in the kitchen, which Mm -hmm. presumably is good looking. Mm -hmm. So where do you stand, sisters? Pro-rug or uh, or against rugs? Leanne? Honestly, this is a conversation we have every week in our house. Really? (laughs) Really? Because... I see those beautiful rugs in magazines or in your home. People have the nice oriental rugs, and it looks great, and, oh, it looks fantastic, but it's just so impractical. Like, my husband feels very strongly. My husband, who, by the way, is Mr. Marie Kondo, so I don't really need to watch that dang show because I've been living with him for 25 years. Uh, He's like, you need to be able to just toss these rugs in the kitchen and get them clean, in 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 the washing machine and get them clean. So we have, like, kitchen yeah. mats, but we don't have rugs. Uh-huh. And it kills me because they look beautiful, but I, I believe we're sadly a no-rug family. I mean, yeah. we are just a straight-up washable mm-hmm. kitchen mat family. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Joel. I know. Liz? I wish we could. They look beautiful. I didn't know there was – I didn't know you could be against rugs in the kitchen. So this is what's <laughs> shocking to me. Strongly. I mean, I vacuum my rug all the time. Strongly but... against it. He has it. I, yeah, I know. Apparently, a lot of people do. Yeah. Liz, how do uh-huh. you feel? I – well – I'm the opposite of Leon. I have it's not an expensive rug on on the floor of my kitchen, but I have a nice comfy cozy rug. I will admit there's a big difference between my household and Leon's household in that my kitchen is a very low traffic area. And <laughs> it's low traffic and there's not loads of cooking that goes on. So the worrying about the absorbing of the smells mm, You know, yeah, maybe. I don't worry about that at all. But the main reason I have that rug there is because I made the mistake about three years ago of painting the floor in my kitchen and Uh with, I suspect, like not the appropriate paint. So when I walk directly on the painted wood, it like chips or things little, you know, the darker color underneath shows through. So the rug is mainly to cover my bad paint job. So I'll admit that. But it okay, looks, so you're it looks fantastic. Rug, yes. rug, I'm really covering up a mistake I made a few years ago and whatever. It's working. Well, I it's have working no idea. For me. I just wanted to know if other people feel so strongly about rug, against rugs in the kitchen. Yeah. Let us know. With satellite <laughs> I just sisters. did not realize we could have controversy about this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's controversy, it's just strong, strong opinions. Okay. All right. That is today's show. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ritual, Third Love, Joybird, and Kopari for supporting Satellite Sisters. And thanks to all of you for supporting them. We'd like to thank Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Woohoo! Next week, Sergio. Goodbye. You're going to meet Sergio. Sheila. Really nice working with you. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Julie, I feel bad. You feel. You, you have it's, just, it's just a little panic. I'm sure I'm going to work through it. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> All right. On our to-do list, what's happening? Who's, who's Okay, Leon, you have a big birthday in your fam. Oh, yeah. Colin turns 21. That's my right. youngest That's son. Awesome. So I said to my husband this week, does that mean we're totally off the hook for like all felony convictions and everything? <laughs> Is that what I think that's what that means. So that's great. And it's just a shocker to me that I have two, like, really grown sons. It just sort of sneaks up on you. They're in college and they're 21. And, oh, my gosh, now they're kind of grown sons. So Yeah. And I got to say, like, I was present at the birth of Colin. So Colin is the only baby I've ever seen born. Yes. So, which is a pretty dramatic thing. I mean, you guys know because you've had babies, but I haven't had any But you're not watching it. I mean, I wasn't watching. I don't know what happened (laughs) down there. 
It's it's crazy when you watch it, okay? It's crazy. I was there with your husband, and the fact that that little baby is now 21 is pretty amazing. So congratulations, Liam. Good work, Thank Colin. You. Yeah. All right, Julie, how about you? What's on your to-do oh, list? I, M&Ms and duct tape. I don't what? go anywhere in the world without those two items, no. so I'm, I've got to get those for the trip, Liz. You know, okay. they just, uh, they're universally useful, uh, wh- wh- whatever situation we find ourselves in. Okay. And start doing those breathing exercises, too. <laughs> works. Totally works. Liz, what about you? What's on your to-do list? Well, I have a potential pet care snafu that I have to what? nail down before what? I leave the country. Here's what I decided, Julie. The You know, my dog, Hooper, he's a super social dog. Unlike my previous dog, Ferris, who liked other dogs but was not a dog park kind of dog. He didn't like to go hang out with other dogs. He was fine with them. But Hooper really enjoys being around a lot of other dogs and playing with other dogs. So I decided while I'm away with you in Argentina, instead of just having him stay with my dog sitter, which I've done in the past, that maybe going to one of those dog places like a dog ranch (laughs) would be fun. So I emailed, we have a longtime listener named Kira Sundance, who is a dog trainer. She trains stunt dogs for films and television. Uh, And she herself is like this mega mondo marathoner, does all kinds of crazy athletic things. So in many ways, Kira Sundance is an inspiration to me and has been for many years. <laughs> and you often see pictures of she and her Weimaraners on our, in our Facebook group. Anyway, I emailed Kira Sundance and said, do you have a place to recommend if I wanted to put Hooper somewhere that would be fun for him while I'm gone? So she recommended this place to me when I went to the website. I get, I'll put a link in our show notes because this is like the nuttiest dog ranch you ever saw up in Topanga Canyon. Which it's is the, I'm looking at the website now. Oh, That's what God. I'm doing. It's yeah. just it's just insane. So we went up there in mid-December for a little, you know, a tour, an interview, just to make sure it would be appropriate. And I had immediately made the reservation for Hooper to stay there while I'm gone. Well, then this weekend, I'm driving up Pacific Coast Highway, you know, just out doing my random things. And I saw at the turnoff to Topanga Canyon, there's the big sign that Topanga is closed due to mudslides, sisters, with the rains. Uh You know, we had those giant rains last week. So and some of these areas have been burned out from the fires. So Topanga was closed. I'm like, my God, where's Hooper going to go if I can't get him up to the dog ranch? So I emailed them uh sunday like hey what's the deal and i was kind of been on the edge of my seat since then because i was going to have to go to plan b or c i got an email back from monique at the dog ranch this morning that all good they've (laughs) cleared out the mud we're going to be able to get in and get out so anyway that's my main to do is like dropping hooper off it's like my version of taking your child to camp i guess right. and i'm feeling kind of i'm feeling kind of emotional about it two of you yeah you know a short short goodbye liz that's what we short recommend goodbye. okay joel give the dog a nice big hug and don't don't look back don't Just think get about in the it car too much. And go yeah did you put me down as emergency contact or is it your is mark your dog walker I think I put you down. Okay. I'll double check that double check. in case something goes wrong. Sure. Nothing's going to go wrong. Anyway, so that's it's a so the next couple of days is all about the, you know, the dog care. <laughs> the farewell to Hooper. So I've, I've never done it before. It's, it's emotional. Yeah, it is. It's We're pretty... a wreck, as you can see, Lane. We... <laughs> Be great. Both of you with the breathing, please. <laughs> okay. 
You might With smash the- some plates, Liam. That might help. Maybe that's better. I think that's better. All right. Oh, one last thing. I'm, I put the I put a link to Kara Sundance's website in our show notes. It's called DoMoreWithYourDog.com, and she has like amazing videos and DVDs to train your dog to do tricks and all kinds of stuff. I'm not doing any of that, but it's very entertaining. So thank you, Kira, for recommending uh, the the Dog Ranch. All right. Is that it? Anybody else? Anybody else got anything? Got nothing else. Done. Nothing. Done. You guys have a safe and fantastic time. Thank you, Leanne. And we thank you, Leanne. Again, Instagram follow at hashtag satsis. Sat Sisters Travel. Sat Sisters Travel and Go Patagonia 2019. Yes. And our Instagram is at Sat Sisters. Yes. So make sure you're following us. Yep. And then you'll see all of our posts and any of your own travels. Use that same hashtag. Hashtag Sat Sisters Travel. And we can all go on vacation with each other. Fantastic. We look forward to it. All right. And I can't wait to hear all about the trip when you get back. Can't wait. I'll be here. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.